Well, I'm really excited to to talk about this because this is um, this is someone something that has supported us since the beginning, and it's nice to finally, you know, uh, obviously the people have supported us. You know, everybody who listens and who's donated and watched the videos, but um, this is just something that I'm really excited to announce. Uh, I just really want to thank Nothing. Uh, for sponsoring this podcast and supporting us for God, how long have 15 videos and since the beginning. Yeah. Even before, you know, the beginning of everything. Yeah. Nothing has been there. Yeah. Really, uh, always there. Um, always ready. Yeah. Producing a great product of nothing. Yeah. And and by nobody and, just awesome yeah um if yeah if it was on roller news we were saying uh it you know nothing it would probably be one of the biggest things in rollerblading because it hasn't that trend hasn't hit nothing hasn't hit rollerblading yet that hasn't fresh nothing hasn't been a thing yeah everything is usually everything is something yeah. Whether it's I Brian, think that would Brian be... Shima or something, John Bellino, SSM, it's all something. Um, and, and, and maybe that's the biggest mistake of rollerblading in general is just to be something. It just hasn't worked for rollerblading. Cause no Try nothing. Rollerblading. Um, yeah. Let's just go the opposite direction. And instead of like people like, oh, let's get shit done. We're, we're getting shit done out here. We out here. Why, why be out there? Why not, like, just why not just stay at home? And then there, where you would have been, it's just nothing. You know, just saying. And it's, it's the closest you can get to uh, perfection. Yeah. Perfection, but still um, imperfect also. Because like 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 there's nothing, so like oh like people would define perfection as like something that's perfect. But if there's nothing, then uh, it's like perfect, but but it's not something perfect. It's just perfect. They're trying to advertise like just be, you know, ha- ha- be yourself, be something, do it today. Nothing doesn't need anything. Nope. It doesn't need a commercial. No, it is its own commercial. Yep. It pretty much owns everybody, too. Yeah. It's up to people if uh, they want to be a part of it or not. Really, it's the, it's the answer. <laughs> and nothing is the answer. People it's a great looking, cause. People are just looking. They're just dissatisfied. They're looking for something. What about nothing? It's always been there. It will always be there. Embrace it and 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 see it for what it is. And it's it's the perfect antidote to to something. You don't need anything. Nothing. You're breaking up again. Really? Do I sound good? Yeah, you sound great. Really? Yeah. Your end is lightly, but uh, we'll go on. We'll go on. <laughs> Yeah, it sound, it, you sound good. 
That's good. That's good. Well, I'm, everything's good on my end. So maybe you could salvage that early part. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, well, we did that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't nearly as good the fir- as the first time. No. Uh, Nothing we were talking- is. <laughs> Nothing is as good as the first time. <laughs> Holy shit. Nothing is as good. Nothing is as good as anything. Yeah, nothing is perfect. <laughs> and nothing nothing is better than anything. <laughs> That'd be, can you imagine like your parents being like, "Well, what would you prefer? What what would be better for you?" Nothing. nothing. That's what would be better. <laughs> nothing. What do you want from me? Nothing. I don't want anything from you. No thing. No thing. Yeah, it's the only thing that it that has no in front of it. What can you get no, better than that? Nothing is better than you. Nothing is yeah. better than you. <laughs> nothing <laughs> is better than you. People think that's a good thing. <laughs> but nothing well, is better than you. That's I know. like fuck People you. Nothing is like, better than you. Well, Nothing can stop me. <laughs> it's like, you just said it can. Yeah. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can nothing, stop anything. Nothing can stop you now. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. It's going to stop you. It's fucking it already nothing. has. Just by saying that, nothing has stopped you. That's a weird... I've never thought of that saying that way. You know, like, nothing can stop you now, Todd. Really? It's more of a threat. It's more of a threat than an inspiration. It's true. Isn't that saying like, uh, well, death pretty soon. <laughs> Things are pretty good now, buddy. But soon you're going to be dead. <laughs> then what are you going to do? Well, I always think you're going to be nothing. And then that's, you'll be the best thing. Yeah. Because you are no thing anymore. Exactly. Nothing can stop you now. Because you will become you know, nothing. Why not just take a chance? You know? <laughs> why Todd, not? Blading the game. Blading the cup. Did you... Blader cup. Blading the game. It's all about did blading. You, did you check it all out? Uh, I, I saw some of the footy. Did you hear about the controversy? No, what was the controversy? There was a, 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 a Julio clearly asked everyone not to put up edits until the the show was broadcasted or something like that. And so put up an edit that was really good and then people were upset and then it had to be taken down. But it, I thought it was kind of weird that I mean, you could ask people to do that nicely, but it would be hard to keep control of things being secret, right? So he didn't want anyone to put up up an edit so that they could put up an official edit first? Like a broadcast. Like the people could put up edits after it went on television. I think they were worried about dumbing down the content. Oh, right, because it was on television. It's going to be on television, yeah. It's going to be on te- – when is it going to be on television? 
are we going to see it on television up here in Canada? I don't even know if we're going to see it on television. It, it reminds me of like if you imagine Julio as an old lady and he looks really fucking crazy and he's on like really weird pills that were prescribed to him by his doctor and he's like telling his son that he's going to be on television. I'm going to be on television. And meanwhile, he's going fucking crazy because he's taking all these crazy pills. <laughs> Why is he taking pills? Because it's like Requiem for a Dream, where like, oh. the, <laughs> the crazy mom is like, oh, I'm going to be on television. Yeah. I I find it... Uh, did you watch any of those interviews with, like, with people? Just the one that you posted... That one was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I love that. Those guys are awesome. I can't wait to to see that magazine. How yeah, old was, are those guys? I don't know. That's, that interview <laughs> was awesome. It's going to be interesting. Like when I wonder what those... So Brian, Bina, and T- Thin... Lee, Tin Lee or something like that. They're probably like, we're, we're like twice as, no, 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 not twice as old. I'd love to see what those guys would be like when they're 30. <laughs> How old are what those guys? Happen? Maybe early 20s. Maybe not even. I don't know. I'm confused now. All this age stuff and rollerblading. Just in general. Traditionally, really our different. age group, us two right now should have quit by now or skated like once in a while. Not not continuing to make podcasts and videos and things like that. Traditionally, 30-year-olds drift out. Not, not, not this generation, but the generation before. It's the one that we grew up on. Most yeah. older dudes just faded out of skating. Yeah, they faded out when they were like 24. And a lot of the people would have been interesting to see like an alternate universe of everyone that kind of like faded because they made money from skating. If they stayed in it and kept doing stuff would have been so healthy. Yeah. We were, that's why they didn't stay with it. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. It is true that, uh, if any one of us would have made money, through skating and then you just had to skate without making money it would have been a really weird adjustment i even thought i was so delusional when i was younger that i thought that you could make enough money to live selling skate videos you know like well some people were like for a very short period of time some people were making pretty good money like selling dvds not good it's not good can't be good that changes that your perception you can't go back to you can't just all of a sudden flick a switch after you've made lots of money selling videos and just make something pure like in the beginning you know yeah i think you can but but only if you had made a lot made the money in a, in a, at an older age where you could realize how ridiculous it was and how lucky you were. But if you're too young and you start getting that, then that like shapes your perception on the way things work. 
and it shapes your perception on like why you're making it. Yeah. You'd have to go full circle too. You'd have to, you'd have to like make money at it, get frustrated that you don't make money at it anymore. Maybe think that you don't want to make videos anymore. Then maybe try a new way of making money at it and then not give a fuck about making money at it anymore and just make videos for the same reason you made a first one. And then you might make a really good video for that reason that you've come to, you've done it long enough and you've learned enough. And then like naturally you might very, 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 very far down the road. You could accidentally make money at it by going full circle to the reason you started. But as soon as if you make money early on, you're so clouded that you have to go on a crazy journey of life lessons. You can't just like skip to the part where you start making, you just reconnect to the reason before you made money. Like, what is that? It's, um, that goes for, for anything, whether it's rollblading or music or art or like any kind of artistic venture. Um, what is it about getting super successful and making a fuckload of money from from your art that makes it very difficult to to keep doing it from a pure kind of place? Like some people do do it; they get really successful and they continue to 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 create really awesome shit, and they can stay in that like um, creating things for the right reason kind of zone. But for most people, that the money and the business machine can fuck up their their experience of producing their art because they get it becomes a way to just profit instead of that you you are actually more important than than you are and you're not and then the best people are just they become professionals and they're they deal with having to make a dud or a piece of shit once in a while but they work through it there's like a difference between someone who is a professional and someone believes that they're just all of a sudden a professional and that they don't have to keep being hard. I think that's the difference you get like, and I think it's honesty. Oh yeah. That's really important. Like, um, like when, when you start to get all that money, it almost becomes harder to, to be honest because there's more fear of losing the success that you've gained. Well, and you and also might, you don't want to disappoint the people that are giving you all the money or you don't want to disappoint your fans or you don't want to disappoint, you don't want to lose it. Right. It's like having something to lose makes it harder to just be honest with yourself and with what you're doing. Yep. Because for a mm. lot of pe- for most people, when they're being honest, it's, it's not going to be the most popular thing or they're going to face like a fear of, of hurting people's feelings or losing their fan base or like disappointing how people perceive them. And I think that's what, that's what fucks up a lot of like celebrities and, and artists who gain a lot of success is that fear of losing their success. But then some people are so intelligent that they can get success and not give a fuck and not care about losing it or realize that the more honest they are, the more successful they're going to be in the long run. Like they might, they might do things that piss off certain people, but in the long run, it's a better approach. 
but that takes a really intelligent person. There's lots of filters that would happen as soon as you got success. Weird little mental filters. Your environment would change since you would start to... Yeah, you'd be surrounded by hot bitches. (laughs) And that would would fuck you up. It would fuck you up and you would start to like assume the worst too. It would be scary. Like could you imagine like tomorrow you wake up, you get a phone call from – you get a phone call from Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Joey, Joey, you get a – hey, Joey, what's up? Um, This is Justin uh, Justin Timberlake. Uh, I saw some of your videos on Vimeo uh, and I want you to come out to LA. I got a plane ticket for you uh, and – we're gonna make it happen, dude. Me and you. We're gonna we're gonna rise to the top. So come out here. So tomorrow, you get on a plane. You fly out to Cali. You meet up with JT at the airport, and he's got like twelve hot big titty bitches waiting for you in a big huge line of coke. And he's like, dude, you made it. I love you. I'm taking you under my wing, and we're gonna. We're going to make magic, right? That would be a really <laughs> fucked up day. Like if you might have fun like making a human centipede with all these hot bitches and doing coke. But like, yeah, there would be a darkness. There would be a fear like what, what the fuck is going on? Like it would just be so bizarre to be if... in a, suddenly in a mansion in Cali. Your entire <laughs> – your entire like <laughs> you'd be like who am i what's going yeah. on it would be scary carly has to set that up for you one day if like uh you know the surrounded by bitches thing <laughs> like you always come to that conclusion when it's, it's like you'd be surrounded by bitches well that's what success is right surrounded by bitches yeah <laughs> That's what it's all about is the, the – and cheddar, like mad cheddar and a lot of bitches, right? I think so. I, I think a lot of it would be like really fucking lonely like hotel and like car rides and waiting like in an empty trailer and like checking your phone and shit. That would be like the downtime. Oh, okay. The but downtime the, would be like sitting in in limos – being really bored with, like wait you're wait you're essentially waiting for the bitches to arrive or you're going <laughs> to the bitches right? i think with the justin timberlake thing uh if if he had a really good explanation as to why he liked the vimeo videos and that that there was something interesting that he wanted to do i can't imagine it being like a good thing and, and crossing over with with the videos, but I mean, if there was a vehicle within his idea to do something kind of absurd within that, then that would be interesting to go with that question without the coke and the bitches. But uh, you're right. Uh, instantly, when you're sitting in the the mansion, it was a mansion, right? Oh, huge! Yeah, mansion. And there's there's bitches everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And there's Coke, which I've never 
touched or I've never actually seen it in person. Um, the, yeah, you would instantly be thrust into an environment that would be so far from what you know that it would do something to your, your brain or the way that you saw things. It would do something. Even when you return home, if like nothing happened, you didn't touch the Coke, you didn't touch the bitches, you didn't sign the deal, you would come back and your home would feel really surreal just for like a few days. It would probably go back to normal. But just entering that world and seeing it yeah. would would be really bizarre. For but see, but see, then again, there there it is again. Is the the difference of if that happened to you now, as opposed to if it happened to you when you were like seventeen or eighteen? Oh, then it'd be fucked. Yeah, the difference in in how it would affect you because if it happened right now, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool, it'd be funny, but you would have this kind of realistic expectation of how reality turns out you wouldn't be like holy shit i made it or or like have this crazy thing in your head like i'm a superstar it would just be like okay this is cool this is funny and this we'll have a good time and we'll we'll do our best with this but ultimately like it's you kind of have developed a realistic idea of how reality is going to turn out but at 17 you're just like Oh, yeah, you'd believe in the shit so easily. But again, now that I'm older, I realize that fame actually doesn't exist. It's not really like a real thing. Well, all it is is an idea that just just fucks people, fucks their, their, uh, their sense of what's actually important or what it, uh, it takes away from the actual experience of whatever they're creating. It's that really important question when you're doing something and it's like, what do you want to do? Right. <laughs> like, ask yourself, okay, like, uh, you know, why do you want to make another mushroom blading video? And you probably, you and Leon talked about mission statements, right? Yeah. So you kind of, you have an idea of why you want to do it. But if you were like a really big actor or whatever, it's really weird the debt that you would get into like the more shitty movies you did just for the money. And if you knew the movie was shitty, but you couldn't say it out loud because you have to do all the press, it'd be really weird. Yeah. And there it is again, like the, the not being privileged to be honest or as soon as, as soon as your career becomes about being like dishonest, it's about hiding things and you make your living from, from hiding or from, from, Telling lies, promoting things that aren't true, marketing products that you don't believe in. Um, then you spend so much time lying that you become – you distance yourself from yourself and you just forget what's true, what you actually think. You're not. It's like exercising a muscle, right? Like honesty – you have to you have to train your honesty muscle you have to train yourself to 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 say what you're actually feeling or or do what you're actually feeling or else you lose that skill and you become a robot or you become a, just a, a a pawn to whatever game you're playing to get your money and that's real seems like just the, the, those old structures of like the things that force people to not be honest. I, there, there should be 
like podcasts are so popular, at least with people that we know because of the honesty, right? Why can't TV get a cue, you know, from that? Why can't, (laughs) can you imagine? (laughs) So what, do you want to talk about uh, your character in this new movie? Uh, No, not really. I just, uh, I wanted to take a paycheck. Uh, I'm not really interested in talking about the movie. Let's talk about something else. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be awesome. That's what most actors are probably thinking. That's what they're thinking. They're like, well, they offered me a million dollars to do this stupid movie for six months. And uh, yeah, it's a million bucks. So I took it. It's really not that great of a movie. I wouldn't recommend it. And my performance was half-assed because I just was there to make the money. It's weird. They're like empty. They're they're entertainment vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> like empty entertainment puppets. Well, I think like I, I had this really weird. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, just I, I had that really weird idea when I was at uh, that XX show in vancouver last weekend i i sometimes find myself like staring at the people staring at the entertainers and i start to think about how weird it is that it's like there's three people on a stage and it's like the audience wants to be entertained (laughs) it's it's such a i mean it sounds so simple but it's such a weird idea like We just want to be fucking like entertained and the entertainer. Robbie Williams, I don't, I'm not a fan of his music, but he had that song where it was like, let me entertain you. Or it was like a making a mockery of that whole idea. Yeah. That there's like a person, like sometimes one person gets up on the stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people to entertain them and everybody's like listening intently to. <laughs> To the entertainment. Humans love to be entertained. And we love vapid, shitty entertainment, too. We just want to numb out. We just want to not... We want to... And I guess that's where fame comes from. That idea of, like, uh, being the entertainment vehicle is is alluring, I guess, for people. But do you ever think about that when you're at a concert? How weird it it is? I think about it when I'm at a concert and I think about it like all the time actually is the importance of, of being on that stage. Like the importance of like, it's, it's okay to, to take in things and to enjoy movies, music and stuff, but you have to take, you have to do something yourself. Like it's so important to, to produce, like to create, you know, they say create more than you consume, but even 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 if you're not creating more than you can you consume, just create something. Like you have, everyone needs to express themselves in some way. Um, like it's healthy. I think it's unhealthy just to like take in take in other people's things. You know. Yep. Like it's 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 healthy to an extent, but then if you're not taking it and making something of your own then I think it could become detrimental. Maybe not, maybe not for everyone, but I know for me, I need to, I need to actually do shit. I can't just enjoy other people's shit. Like, yeah. When was the last time you were up on a stage in front of people or it doesn't even have to be a stage, but when you had like a, like an audience, even a smaller audience. Um, well, when I, 
when we film, it is an audience, and I look at it as 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 what I'm talking about, a, a, like creating something, putting yourself out there, and it's not a live stage. It's 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 uh, I guess it's easier because it's a virtual stage. You put yourself on the virtual stage, but in front of people, um, I know probably I've been on a stage before this but when i won that nicest ass competition oh yeah and you get you like got into it right yeah i won i won the you nicest won. ass competition and uh like that was like a turning point or not a turning point but a really important thing to do for me uh, like just getting on that stage like being on a stage that... is really important facing that fear Oh, it feels that good. Fear, getting nervous and and uh, doing it anyway, even if it goes horribly wrong, it, it's a good thing. You got to get on that stage. That's where the open mic is for stand-up comedy. That yep. same stage, isn't it? The Rio. Um, I think there is an open mic at Rio. There's open mics like all over the place. Oh shit! And I got to get up on one. Um, you yeah, you have that. You have a different. Like if I was to go up on a stage or in front of a camera, our things are way different. Yeah. What we put out. I think that's good. Like oh, yeah. how I would be on a stage would be way different than than your thing. Totally. That's why I get maybe we'll start touring. We should, man. We uh we should do it. I, I really, really wanna do it. Uh I can be your opener. I could so easily open for you. I wouldn't go after you. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a good combo. You'd be you'd be a really good opener. Yeah, we should do it. Uh, I want to do it. I don't have I don't have my five minutes yet. I have one story that I could stretch into five minutes, but I need to have things to fall back on. I don't I don't have I only have one piece of material. What do, I was listening to Ari Shafir and Duncan Trussell talking about it, and they were saying that the they were talking about some advice that they got and. And they said, for the first two years, don't worry about being funny or don't worry about your material. Just get comfortable on stage. Yeah, fuck for yeah. The first two years. And and uh, and everyone says, like, it takes, like, 14, 15 years, like, such a long time. So it's, like, your expectation of that first time or the first few times you get up, don't even worry about being good. Just fucking get up. Just get yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. And, and don't, you know, don't get disappointed if you don't make people laugh or, you know, don't have high expectations of yourself. Don't think like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I've, I can, I've, I'm, I'm funny. I can make people laugh. Like, don't even worry about it. Just fucking get up. Take your beating or something. You know, I started thinking when I, when I got fucked up on that top acid in Kamloops. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about that? Yeah, well. I just, that's what it, I, I got fucked up doing a top pass that I slammed my hip so hard and I was in such pain and I started thinking, I started thinking, okay, I'm, I'm afraid to get up on a stage because I am, I've, it's, it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time, but I'm too pussy to do it. And I'm like, I'm afraid to get up on a stage, but I'm not afraid to jump on a handrail and potentially feel this intense physical pain. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it I'm not gonna get on stage. I'm not gonna get on a stage and feel that. 
I'm not going to feel what I felt when I slammed my hip against the rail. Oh, it's. I think that getting up on a stage is built in to you without you even knowing it. That we we've said before, you got like randomly chosen to be the host of the pep rallies and shit like that in high school. Yeah. Like that was like your thing, and you didn't even try. You didn't. You didn't even sell yourself as like a host or anything. No, they that was just came to me. Yeah, in like. You know, like in the – there's that famous basketball picture in grade 8 where everyone's like trying to do the basketball pose. But you have like this like arms crossed like – you're totally like doing like a thing. Like you're someone who totally needs to have a stage once in a while I to get a certain amount of energy out. Yeah. It's a – yeah, it's totally a, an energy that's in me that, that I'm not putting out. And that's a bad thing because it will go toxic it, if it doesn't go out. It needs to go Oh, out. yeah. I sense that it needs to come out in some way, and I gotta, and, I gotta just face it and go for it. And I know that when I'm finished, it doesn't even matter how it goes. I'm gonna feel so fucking good after I do it. Oh yes, stand-up comedy uh, kind of seems like the closest because I mean, live theater and all that stuff. Not that I don't like it, but I think stand-up comedy is the closest thing to um, whenever you've been like on a camera and skate videos or on the podcast. Stand-up comedy is like very close to that persona and that energy. Yeah, it's I pretty much the... it's it, it's not a persona. It's like a it's like an, a, a shade of your personality that comes out. Totally, and just the 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 rawness of it. Like you're not acting. You're not talking. You're not saying a script. You're no. just in front of a crowd talking. And no. it's, so, it's so simple and it's so frightening. It's something that it's, it's pretty much the ultimate, like, like even musicians, they can go up with their instrument and they can play their instrument. But when you're just fucking talking to a crowd yeah. with the intent of just entertaining them and making them laugh, it's <laughs> so like people couldn't imagine doing that. It's so terrifying. It's yeah, so you scary. really you don't have a lot of uh shields no but what you would get back like what you said what you, what you would get back from doing it you would get the biggest like rush yeah back. and people get inspired by it too right i got yeah. so inspired that one there was a dude from Tawasin that opened for duncan trussell i said there was the one guy who was kind of like mitch hedberg clone and he wasn't really looking at the audience he didn't have a lot of flow but there was a guy who was our age who was 30 and uh he was really good and he, he kind of like made me think about how when you're really on, on it in like a conversation with friends at a party or something and you're kind of in the flow of the way you speak and you're not overthinking the way you're talking, that everyone has their own way of communicating ideas and funny stuff. And this guy had, had like started to perfect his way of communicating, you know, like you could so easily see him, this guy as a character on Saturday night live that you would look forward to seeing like what he would bring to a skit that yeah. kind of like when someone's really starting to nail down, uh, putting a lot of themselves into that, like that's what's on the stage that it's not yeah. trying to be anything. Like you still have to, there's still probably a little bit of like, there's a little bit of a mask and a little bit of like, you you can be over animated or whatever, but well, I think it just becomes like when when you're really good, it just becomes an enhancement. 
like you being on a stage and, and the fear and the excitement of being in front of a crowd of people, it just, it, it adds to what you want to do and it becomes an, it enhances your, your senses and your instincts and the way that you flow. It becomes a positive stressor. They like, it's like you can't practice that without doing it. It's not like you can sit at home and practice a, a stand-up. I mean, you could, but it just it wouldn't be the same as just getting in front of people all the time. You would just develop yeah. this like comfort level and this way of dealing with that certain situation, um, and it would slowly become better and better. Like uh... I, I, I'm attracted. I think I think the 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 enhancement of being in front of a crowd is like the enhancement of like doing something for the camera. Like I sense an enhancement. Like when I'm just skating, I never skate as good as when like I'm being filmed. It's like a, oh. uh, you put an extra oomph into it. It's very it different. Means, I don't know. It, it just, that moment is going to live forever. It's very different. Like, uh, um, when I skate by myself, it's very different from going out oh, yeah. and trying to film for something. You're trying to like catch a glimpse of something that's like draw on something unique. I guess kind of the same thing when you were talking about uh, sports highlights, right? Yeah. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah, it's like that ball. When that ball is in the air and you're running for it to catch it, sometimes you can run so fucking fast because you're focused on that ball that's falling from the sky and you have to get to that point by the time the ball hits it to catch it and if the ball oh. wasn't there it's not like you can pretend it's not like you can go outside and run to a point and, pre- and pretend that you're focusing on a ball the ball needs to be there right yeah so that's where it's like being on a stage things like getting filmed things like doing a podcast where you know it's going to go online and people are going to listen to it that's the ball you become like a heightened, a heightened version of yourself, from from by putting yourself in that scary position of chasing that ball. I guess that's, that's like what I fucking crave in life is just to have a ball to fucking run for. You, oh man, that's where I, I, I start to sometimes I won't be able to sleep because I start to think about how unlimited the, the being on rollerblades. And making a video that you can combine uh, comedy and sports, the sport highlight, the like athleticism. You can combine parts of the podcast. You can combine music. I love that about skate videos. Yeah, it's that so we really haven't powerful. We really haven't made anything that creative yet at all. Well, like we we have, but I mean, when you're really. Or this could just be the way that my mind works. When I'm really thinking about what could be done with a skate video, is always it's so far from what actually comes out. I'm always proud of what comes out, but like what you could really draw on. If, if so, okay, this is a you super, became like what? So this is a, this is a hard question, but like when you think about the potential of a video. Like what? What do you see when you think about like the 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 extent of 
like if you were to realize the full potential of a skate video like what would that look like um that's a really interesting question because i think uh it it's oh. <laughs> it's a, a really point. interesting question because skate video format is not a movie it's not a film and it's not a documentary there's something like really do it yourself about it it can be beautiful like a film and it could be really like technically pr- production wise i hate that word but it can look really good but um in terms of that it's it's not movie sets it's not necessarily acting it's not necessarily a documentary it's still kind of a newer format that hasn't been defined when you say skate video at least for me what we've done in the past with some of our videos that's when i I think uh, I can't think about it because it's something that I can only devote a little bit of time to. And I would only find that out if I quit everything and became like a, an insane person that focused, had like a group of people that I could focus on achieving that. I don't think I'll ever achieve that while being alive. So, so basically it's, it's something that you can't even imagine no it's but you more know like... you know it would be fucking awesome and, and and you know that you're capable of producing it but you couldn't just even imagine it no without no you can't actually making it but it's the most exciting thing still to me like it's still i told leon and i told dallas in a message that it's still like my number one focus in life i just have to keep it buried and if i get to chase it even a little bit, that excitement can keep me going for a long period of time. But in terms of if the gates were blown wide open, holy fuck! Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would want to make a bunch of them. Obviously, I would want to make a bunch more if I got to focus. Because it's it is like infinite. How like you can take it in so many different directions. I mean, I use the the word skate video, but it's just it's anything, any kind of video that you're going to make with skating happens to be in it like the word skate video you think about a certain format and you think about the way that it has to be but but just when i say skate video it it could be a movie it could be a a video like whatever there's so many different things that you could do with that that's where it's like you can't really answer that question right because uh i think we're always going to kind of exist in escape video structure until we die and then like what, what like while i'm dying on my deathbed i'll be like wait a minute i realized that it's really, uh, and then i'll die <laughs> but i would have figured it out in that moment well that's probably true but but it, it, i don't think you should discount what you've already done i think the the experimentation that you've done there's been a lot of different you've created a lot of basically different formats other than the typical skate video like but um, not the format but but what is the format you know like it, it's it's like a really really dense world that's not necessarily a movie or a documentary it's like when you uh put in an album that you really like and get you get lost in it yeah it's kind of like that. Like it's, 
it's like it's like a magic hole <laughs> something like that where it really uh just the idea that it's you have these futuristic ice skates on that you can do tricks in and human beings are using them and you can put songs to it you could wear costumes you can film in bizarre locations uh you can do it for next to nothing in terms of like driving around to different locations um the transitions that you can do between shots and between sections and the samples and the things that audio with audio that you can do that's where it's just like it's so basic what's been done up to this point that it is like very tangible to make this amazing dense world but it's just kind of like there'll always be glimpses of it in videos but to really make that is to really like devote all your time and energy into it i I hope to if we got to do it even just like once and especially the idea of like bringing like having a group of people to help work on something a little bit not too big but yeah if that made any sense like a world it would make a huge difference if like imagine if if making a video was your primary focus for a whole year, like that yeah, was, that was all that. the work, the work that you had to wake up in the morning and do was to make this video as opposed to you wake up in the morning, you have to do this other work. And then when you have free time, you can chip away at a video. It would obviously turn out completely different and it would have this like intense level of focus yeah. That you couldn't do just chipping away on the weekends or like once a month or whatever. Yeah, because I have to suppress that all the time. I know that's the number one goal still, but I don't, I don't like I don't like talking to it. Or I, yeah, I don't like talking to people about it. I don't like revealing that. I don't I don't want to bring up that conversation <laughs> with anyone because yeah. and it I sounds feel, unrealistic or it's it yeah, just sounds. Also, you makes you sound like a crazy person. Yeah. I, I also feel like I did the really, really simple version of it when I was younger, but now with uh, the knowledge and the way that technology, just the fact that you can put it up online and it's not really about the, it's the reason for making it would not be to impress anybody or to like get rollerblading exposure it's the idea of like working with the idea of skate videos for so long how many new ideas open up within that that's where it starts to drive me crazy yeah because i think for the most part like skate videos it seems like they've only been made by by young people or like it doesn't seem like something that people do for a long time or like it's like a it's like a kid makes a skate video and then an adult makes a movie it's like a stepping stone you know yeah and and i always imagine them way different from um there's i think there's a couple like ideas in in skateboarding videos and there's some older ski films that did some cool stuff, but like the, the more recent, like the extreme movies or whatever, like 
with helicopters and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It it's so far from that what I imagine and that's yeah, you're right. Um people who are older and continue to make videos get really into like the production side. Yeah. And the way that it looks, but I'm I'm picturing like insane uh, like a lightly insane person letting their brain spill over it could be so, it can it should be very rough i mean like production wise uh gummo is the closest closest it's not even close to what i see but it's the closest example of like you put that movie on and that world is so distinct yeah and you can't put on any other movie that's like gummo i watched one recently that was really influenced by it but it's still kind of was its own piece of work but you know like gummo yeah that, and ima- imagine if they would have tried to make gummo like with an hd like a really really nice camera and really good lighting and like it wouldn't it wouldn't have been the same that high production would have just killed the whole feeling of what gummo is oh yeah that's it, I... it the shittiness made it what it is and like it can be very gritty and shitty and still be so potent like you don't need to focus on like the the prettiness of it yeah Werner Herzog is good with that too yeah his it, it's this kind of like a it's this unpredictable world that uh you have such mixed feelings from from scene to scene and song to song and visual to visual. And the, you remember images and parts with sounds. Like you don't really care so much about a story. It's you experience this crazy world. That's the only thing I closest to what it could be like. Totally. And you just enter it and, and it's just unlike anything else. It just exists on on film and you you enter that you feel it and it's something that you can't get from anything else like gummo like there's there's feelings from that movie and it's a combination of feelings and experiences that is it's it doesn't fall into a genre where it's like okay i'm watching a horror movie and i get the the fear and the excitement of seeing blood and the the humor of watching people get cut up it's it's a very it's its own world yeah and a skate video it can it can it can be so thought provoking and enter so many different worlds within that world and that's where i think um i think no one's made anything like that yet as a skate video yeah yeah there's still like the the trouble with the structure of that we grew up on aggressive skating that we yeah. grew up watching videos and that we watch a lot of stuff online you know that there's still a lot of like learning to do and making stuff there's a lot of stuff to be made before yeah. getting to the point i think and so and it, much unconditioning naturally like how i always say you know by the time you're 40 you'll have a really good idea or, or you'll probably be saying like, by the time I'm 50, it might be something so different than a skate video. But I mean, by the time you're 40, you could naturally just get to that point because you get so good with playing with 
the medium of making a skate video. It's weird. You're, you're always going in a, if you keep making stuff in a strange medium like skate videos and you, you're always experimenting with it, you're going in a direction that yep. leads to some interesting place. As long as you keep trying to do different stuff each time. It may not be like, it may not be interesting for everybody, but as long as you're just experimenting with the, with ideas within it, it's yeah. very like not worrying about making something really good every time. Make, just trying to do something that's fun to make and fun to edit. Yeah, I think something that's a, a different uh, approach. Something that, yeah, kind of, uh, and also represents, is exciting, like, that time in your life, if, if it somehow strangely represents your life at that time, even if you're not to do it, that's important, too, I think. Man, I, I would love to be able to make skate videos, do podcasts, which I do, do a little bit of stand-up comedy, write articles for the site, I guess you can do all that stuff. The stand-up comedy one, it work it would work so nicely as a as a skill to develop. Totally. Speak in front of people. And it would really train you for all the other things really well. Oh. Yeah, you you'd get better at um if you break breaking down the walls and the yeah, your, your instincts would get a lot better. You're starting to cut off. Oh, okay. Stop. So I'm going to go take a pee and then I'll call you back. Hello. Hello. Are you cool? I'm cool. So I always break up exactly at that time. I'll figure that out one day. Oh, well. Does that do those uh, skate video conversations make make your brain scrambled? Scrambled? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you mean by Scrambled. Scramble? Do they make your uh, your brain? I'm trying to think of the right word. Do you do you get overly excited about the possibilities while you're on planet Earth? Yeah. Of making things. Yeah. They make me very excited. I guess it's a good thing that there's only so much time and opportunity to put into it because it makes it special. But I would love to get to a point where there's like just a little bit more time Totally. as it goes on. I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that goes. Because I've been having so much fun lately uh, doing filming. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. It is it it is um because there's such limited time to do it. It makes it like you it's more exciting. It's more you don't take it for like if you if you if that's all you did all the time and it was just given to you like that was your career, that was how you made your money. Oh yeah, no good. Excited about it, it would just like. But because it's so limited, it makes it like really enticing and exciting. 
but yeah, it's like it's the most. It's like if I was to die tonight, then I think the most the most uh, the best thing that I've made would be the the videos that I've done. Like the most uh, impactful kind of art that I've produced would be those videos, and the experience yeah. that I have making it is like it's the uh it's the it's the highlight of my life fuck yeah yep i agree and it's the mo- it's I a motivation agree. it's huge motivation for a lot of other things like just for like eat- eating healthy and for for like exercising it's like that's why i exercise that's why i eat well is because I want to be able to do that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. very. If I didn't have important. that, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Yeah, it. Uh, comedians are like it's like a thing for comedians to not be in shape. <laughs> yeah, it would work against you if you were in shape for a stand-up comedian. You'd have to win the crowd over more. If you looked like a little bit chubbier and a little bit unhealthier, you'd be funnier probably. Yeah. It's weird. Weird how that works. Because there's like a wanna... physical presence to what it is to to be. It's like funny to be like kind of a loser, like kind of like pathetic looking. People it, will just naturally laugh at you. It's not only funny. It's just interesting. Yeah. Did do, do you want to go through your uh, the the top acid fall again at all? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, so, just uh I would just love to hear about that experience of that sure. that day. So uh we went filming uh in Kamloops, me, Joey and Dana, and we decided to go to Pacific Way, which is an elementary school that has a bunch of uh bike rack rails that are pretty low. And they're interesting because the, they just come straight out of the ground. So it's pretty much just like a nice rail. And there's five of them. And they're like waist height. Uh, which is, it's different that we would choose to go there. Because uh, we usually don't just go skate like rails like that. But we chose to do that. And uh, I was determined to just get one good thing. I wasn't, sh- I had no kind of idea of what I wanted to do, but we just started like doing souls on them and Mizu's. I, I did a, f- uh, a few pretty nice Mizu's and then I hit a soul and some nice Royales. And then, and then I, I tried to do a line where I, I, and I did a nice Royale on one rail and then kept my speed going and tried to top acid another one. And I don't even know how I racked myself so hard. I missed my top side foot and I missed my front foot. And I just nailed my hip into the rail and did the like body hang thing where like my stomach was just hanging on the rail. And I compared it to that, that shot in an old Drew Backrack edit where the guy, like, he tries a soul on a rail and then it slow motions and, like, freezes on the rail, like, 
going into his stomach. <laughs> That's kind of what happened to me. And I got winded and I smashed my hip bone so bad that I was just like rolling around. I fell and then I seeked out the grass and then I just rolled around in the grass for a while in so much pain. And I thought that I may have like broke my hip or cracked my hip because it hurts so bad. Um, and then even, even for a couple hours after that, like even when I went home, I was telling Carly about it and considering like going to the ER to get it x-rayed because I thought that I may have like broke it or something because it hurt to laugh and it hurt to cough but it's fine I didn't go to the hospital and I think it's just really badly bruised and uh yeah it's getting better and I didn't even I thought it would look a lot worse too my stomach's pretty swollen it looks like I have like a pot belly (laughs) which is weird that my belly would like swell like that yeah, hopefully there's no internal bleeding or anything. I think if there was, I would be like fucked you'd, up by now. Like this was a week ago. You'd feel so, Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and it's it That's feels, like uh It feels all right now. Hello? Hello. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You were just you were contemplating or you or you were um so, so on a you've had two uh what is that about like is that a luck thing how does that even work i think the last two times that we've filmed in cantaloupes i've gotten fucked up and i think i i swear it has to do with uh with you don't practice on those objects very often and neither do i so there's you're rolling the dice a little bit yeah but there's a lot of things that I do when I'm filming that I don't do like all the time. I know that's so weird. I just thought that was so weird that it was two rail spots in a row. Yeah. Um, you don't st- probably... don't stop don't stop with the rails. No, no, I'm not going to. In fact, I I was thinking about lines that I could do at Pacific Way. I really like that spot. Yeah, I like that cool spot, spot a lot. It, it was it was hard to after that. You know, that the positivity gets sucked out of the air for a while. Like when someone gets hurt, it's hard to to bring the energy back up, you know? Yeah, it totally kills kills the buzz. Well, because you see what can happen. Yeah. <laughs> when you do this shit and then you start, you know, you you realize that you can go through the rabbit hole and achieve a glimpse of something unique. You can achieve transcendence. Yeah. <laughs> or you can be reminded of your frail human nature. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> funny, like, right when I did that, and that, that uh, dad showed up with his kid, and they were playing basketball. <laughs> Remember? And, and, and I felt this shame. Like, I felt this, like, look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing with my life. Like, it's good to feel this, that though. Look at this pathetic activity that we're doing. Like, don't don't look at them, son. Just keep playing with the ball. Don't look at those boys. They're misled. I think it's in have a base. You have What's a base that? now, right? No, you have a base now. Like that that you have, you have a solid place to come back to and lay your head down and 
relax and feel safe and you have a world outside before when that would happen fuck remember getting like hurt it didn't happen as much to me but i remember getting hurt and then you're on a road trip for skating and you come back home to a shitty job that's only there to support your habit of skating and filming and like there was so much more on the table depression wise like the hole went way deeper you know like that you could fall down. Yeah, like getting injured was so much worse because your whole life was for that one thing and then you lose it and it's so intense. But now I feel like I can I can get hurt and like okay, whatever, like I I won't just won't skate for a month or whatever and it doesn't it doesn't hurt nearly as bad because I have like I've diversified my interests a little bit more. <laughs> It was, that would be a great job interview answer right there. <laughs> but it's very important to diversify your interests, especially when your when your primary focus is on doing something that could fuck you up, and then you, you wouldn't can't have even do it. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't have thought of a podcast when you were hurt. Like none of us were podcasts around at that time. 2006, 2007, podcasts weren't a big thing. There's probably people doing like a primitive version of audio recordings and stuff, putting them up. Or no, not even that. Like it would have been earlier than that. Yeah, 2006. When I say that, it's it's not that long ago, but it is. It was was such a different world. It's crazy how quickly things change. I was thinking about, um, so all the videos we made up until... Like the first mushroom blading kind of like marked a different time. Like I would have had a, finally had a cell phone around that time and it would have been more common for lots of stuff to go up on Vimeo and YouTube and DVDs started to become kind of like a weird thing. Like that was the death of DVDs. I thought that that's cool that that like marked that time. You mean when mushroom blading came out? The first one that we, yeah, the first one that we did. And then it's weird to think of like skate videos probably had a different feel, just not, not just stuff that we, but stuff that we watched. The fact that people didn't have iPhones and Twitter and stuff and Facebook when they went out skating, it would, it would affect the filming environment. Totally. Would affect what is it because it affects the world, right? And it's, it affects the entire planet. So if you're filming stuff, whether it's rollerblading or not, it's just going to seem different. Yeah. It's you're. Le- I don't know. I was thinking about that. It's a big idea, but well, it's it affects everything. It affects yeah. the way that everybody experiences reality. Like I think with when you don't have phones, you're more accepting of like uh, plans gone wrong and you're more open to the unexpected types of things or like things not working out as planned but it seems like with with phones it's like it's like we're used to things working out exactly the way that we've planned and we can like communicate with people instantly and make sure they're at the place at a certain time and make sure that that everyone is there or like you know, without the phone, everything is a little bit more sketchy. Everything is a little bit more, like, you roll with it more, and and then you obviously accept it more for what it is. Like, you don't dwell on the fact that something isn't working out because, like, that's how reality works, is things don't work out exactly as planned. 
because you talk to someone like a week ago and they're like, yeah, let's skate on that day at this time. And then you're just used to either they, they're there or they're not. And it's yeah. not like you call them or hit them up on Facebook like, hey, man, where are you at? You just – life is just more chaotic. And so then uh, you're, you're just like in this place and you have a camera and it just seemed like more random stuff was going on. And plus there wasn't skate parks everywhere. That's a huge thing. And that is a huge more thing. Street. My Todd and I recently went floating for his birthday. We, we tried isolation tanks, and one of my biggest little anxiety bursts that I had, apart from where I was like, "Oh my god, I turned off the light and I don't know where it is. It's dark. Where am I?" Was uh, I I was I thought about how I hadn't texted Lacey that morning, and it was such a dumb thing to have anxiety about. And it was a, just related to that whole stupid uh, using the phone, that it's just a tool. And you can come up with your own ways of using it. Yeah. That it's really handy for some things and and it's not for other things. <laughs> well, yeah, it becomes like another responsibility. And then if you don't do it, it's a huge distraction. It's really hard to to have a... Um, relationship with my phone. I haven't, I'm getting better with it, but I mean, I don't use many apps or anything like that, but it's so weird how it's like, it pulls you out of reality for, you know, a few seconds. It's that, it goes back to that like entertainment thing again, you know, it's like, it's a little numb out entertainment device for a brief time. It, yeah. time. it can be just a huge distraction. It can it can enhance what's going on. It can give you more control over what's going on and it like I love it. I love I love my iPhone and all the tech I love what I do. I'm surrounded by technology. I spend most of my life staring at screens. I spend more time staring at screens than I do staring at the world. But the screens are my world. Like it is reality. Like what's going on on my phone is real to me but it does have its downsides where um it is a distraction and it takes away from what's actually going on and what's actually important did you think about your phone at all while you were in an isolation tank i don't think so no no i didn't i'm i'm pretty I'm purposely fairly flaky with my phone. That's pretty good. Yeah. But there are a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I should, I should, should message my wife. So, like, I don't know. Um, but usually it's because I actually want to communicate with her in some way. Yeah, that's good. But that's yeah, good. once in a while it's like I feel obligated to do it, which sucks. I know. But I try to remain fairly flaky with it so that it's not, like, expected. Like, I I don't always respond to texts. That's good. I think that's that's a really good thing. Just to maintain that, like, oh, he might respond, and if he does, that's good. But it's when it's, like, you respond every single time to a text, then it just becomes expected, and then it just becomes a responsibility. And then people think, 
oh, he didn't respond. Did he not like what I said or did, did he not? You yeah. know, it's like email. It's like people feel obligated to respond. I to know. That's, yeah. I, I, I just refuse to give into that because, because then, then it's just if you are the guy that responds to every email, then when you don't, then it's a thing. Oh it's God! Like, oh, he didn't respond. Did I? Did I say something wrong? But then, it, but if you're a flaky guy, then it's like he might respond, he might not. And you yeah, don't I'm a flaky guy. That. It's I don't, better to I don't be flaky e- in with yeah. the technology. I I don't email back to a lot of people. I do later. I'll 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 eventually get back to most people. <laughs> yeah. I'll eventually get back to most people. There's still, yeah, and uh, there's still, uh, there's on my mind, there's emails that I haven't responded to, like yeah. in the last like month or so. Yeah, that <laughs> happens. It feels, it, but doesn't it feel good to get, like, when you do send those, it feels really good. You get a little burst of like, yeah, I did it. I did it. And you know, sometimes there just isn't a response. Sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. Like sometimes you need to sit on shit for like a month or two or a yeah. year. Like yeah. Back, back when it was like horse and carriage days, they would think about things for a year or two and not think anything of it. They're like, well, I don't have an answer now. I won't write the letter. I'll write the letter like you write the letter when you're inspired to write the letter. You don't, you don't just type a few words like an email, like just just to respond, just for the sake of responding, just because it's flaky not to respond. Like you wait until, you know, you, it brews and you think about it and you don't feel guilty about it. And Can you imagine? You, you write the letter and you send it off. You're like in a war and it's like, dear Carly, it has been seven months since we have seen each other last. This letter will find you two months later. I hope you are keeping well. I cannot wait to see you again. Love, Todd. Yeah. Three months later. (laughs) Dear Todd, I am trying to keep busy. And now it's just like a little text like, what are you doing? Or can you pick up this on the way home? Like just (laughs) instantaneous. Yeah. Skype. You can do Skype. We're in the future. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It is. It, it's a. It makes our lives. It can make our lives a lot better and a lot more fulfilling, and we can keep up relationships a lot easier. But at the same time, you don't appreciate it as much. Like it's the starving. It's the like. And I always think about the. Uh, like how people experienced reality when, when there wasn't computers. When there wasn't phones, or you know, you, you didn't see, you didn't see movies, you didn't hear music, you didn't like it wasn't just a daily thing that you took for granted. And then all of a sudden, you see a painting that someone did, and you might have never even seen a painting in your whole life, and you're 35 years old, and you see like a Leonardo da Vinci painting, and it just fucking knocks you off your feet it just you're just your jaw literally drops because you're in awe of looking at this thing that someone created that you didn't even know was possible someone with paint they 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 made a a a vision of a realistic person and you're staring at a flat wall but you're seeing a person like that sense of awe 
is pretty much impossible for someone living in 2012 in North America where they're just constantly seeing billboards and movies and YouTube videos and music. And That's why drugs are buildings. popular. Yeah, because drugs pull you out of that uh, that taking things for granted. It, That's... it can show you like what things actually are and, and you can get into that state of someone in, in the 12th century looking at a Leonardo da Vinci painting and, and, and appreciating it for what it really is. Yeah. Drugs oh, yeah. are like one of the only things that can put you in that state where you're no, actually well, seeing it. You're actually seeing like, holy shit, I'm talking to you and you're in Kamloops and we're recording it and people from all over the world are going to listen to it. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, but it really us, is. We're just used to it. It's a pod- I think we're making a podcast. You can – it takes a lot of work to try and slow down time and you can access the awe. I remember after camping, I, I may have used my phone. I used my phone maybe to like listen to music and I maybe listened to an audiobook and I took some pictures but I didn't use like the internet on it. And it was like I think four days camping and on the way back like when I got home, my sense of time and my – the way that I looked at things changed and then slowly it'll go back to the old way. But I remember like even the way that music sounded after being relaxed camping for four days, like songs sounded better. It was almost like yeah. by being in a in a quieter place and being in nature, slowing down, being a little – being simplified in your existence, your appreciation for things kind of can reset itself. But it takes more work. Totally. It's so important to – to isolate yourself from things like being in the flotation tank, even though it was just an hour, it was like a complete isolation from anything. So like, and it was very intense. Like for me, it it was both very relaxing, like very intensely relaxing. And then it was also very intensely. Like it made me feel really restless because it's just nothing. And it's so foreign. It's like, it's almost painful to have nothing, no sound, no vision, no feeling. It was very intensely nothing. And and then when you get out, you feel this. It's like that thing where you can feel the air, you can feel the sunshine, and you can really appreciate the people around you and the music playing. And yeah. you get you get numb to those things. I had that so intensely when I did mushrooms in my house by myself in the darkness with no sound. And it was like, like a couple hours, like a few hours that I was just in this darkness and nothingness. And, and then when I, I finally walked out onto the deck and I looked out at the city, like from my deck and it was like the whole world was breathing Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's like when you're in a city and you look out at your deck and you see like a huge highway of a huge vein of cars driving and just cars moving everywhere and people and lights from apartments. You can look into like a thousand different lives all at once. You get you get numb to that crazy thing that you're looking at and it's just boring. And then as soon as you isolate yourself from all stimulation and then you look at it, it's so 
crazy because you're seeing it for what it is and it's it's like you're living in this beehive of humans everywhere like thousands of you millions of you all living different lives having different visions different imagination different ideas of what it means to be happy different behavior everyone's it's just and then you look at it it's it's intense it's it's lots of piss and shit so much piss and shit and so much jizz flying out of hard penises into vaginas it's it's like life is uh if you were to actually realize what was going on all the time you would be perceived as such a crazy person because <laughs> every interaction every everything you looked at you just have these wide eyes oh didn't I, did i tell you that story at, at shambhala when uh we were at this uh hookah table it was lisa Lacey, and i this like low tented like it felt like you were in some middle eastern tent in the floating in the middle of nowhere and this guy like cross, sitting cross-legged with a hookah type with the hookah and tea set down and it was like low you know red that red glow kind of that you could imagine being in a tent and this guy comes up in this one piece like white jesus robe with those wide eyes that you were talking about and he just started listening to our conversation but like really like leaning in and so excited about what we were talking about and he just sat we didn't acknowledge him for the first bit and he was so stoked to be listening to just like walk up to people sit down and start listening to a conversation yeah. and then and then he looked at us and he, it seemed like he had figured something out with whatever drugs he was on he's like i just realized that every everything everything that's happening around me is all for me and that's why he was so stoked. He uh, he knew that that when he walked up to us and sat down, that that conversation was happening for him in some strange. It was the same thing that happened with you going out onto the deck. So he was that guy. I've I've se- I've met that guy. Yeah. Imagine if you're if. And if you're in a white robe, it makes it better. <laughs> it obviously white robe. <laughs> I think. I was on, yeah, I think I was on mushrooms. I don't know what he was on, but I I was on mushrooms and just enjoying like the atmosphere. And like, especially if you're sitting cross-legged, I think on grass, you got that, that like grounded feeling. But this guy was just wandering around and experiencing moments. (laughs) In a way that's like almost, that should be what everyone is striving for is that just a an appreciation for everything because every moment can be what that guy was experiencing with the right attitude anything <laughs> so everything people, can be just those people crazy. are all like as, as crazy people though people that are that happy <laughs> all the time and that stoked i guess Aren't like uh like if you're really 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 uh in touch with uh Jesus like and like uh, if I was a virgin 
and I hadn't done any drugs or drank, would I kind of almost almost like that? Yeah. We've known people like that, that they're just so innocent and, and there's something, there's something like so pure that they're not distracted by like the desire to get wasted. They're not distracted by the desire to get fucked or, or anything that they're just so in the moment and happy to just be like communicating with someone and happy to be hearing what they're saying and, 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 uh, delighted by just the world I don't get, around them. Yeah, I don't get it then. Because if you're pure when you're born, right, you have those like, and when you're a kid, yeah, you have those kids, like, man. that really pure, pure thing. It's the way that the world works. It would be so hard to sustain that and not be a social outcast in some way. I mean, you could find your, your tribe eventually and try and focus on that. But the temptation of... uh of all the things that that dirty the the soul and the mind and your appreciation of the moment, it would just be so hard. I mean, even if you had, even if you didn't drink or do drugs and you were a virgin and you had a cell phone, that would it would still be a window into such a crazy world of temptation. Yeah, you know, that's where there's that question. I think you tweeted it to Jason Silva, which is man good. Did you tweet that? Yeah. I think is man good. And then when you think about how we were saying, you know, like people pissing and shitting and reproducing, you start to think about we're just we could just be this crazy, um, yeah. Like if you look at a beehive or ants or something, we're just like this thing that's eating the planet. Like we're just here to uh, do like uh, replicate and build shit and bustle around and do weird stuff. Yeah. Well, it's funny to think about what, what we are on an individual level and then to step outside and look at us as, as a collective group and, and what we're going through on an individual level is massive. It, 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 it's, it's like everyone is just trying to, relieve themselves or everyone is trying to find some kind of happiness or, or stillness or like flow or like something that just relieves us from depression and sadness and anxiety and bad memories. And like everyone wants to connect and and be, have friends and have relationships and have good moments <laughs> and it, it just becomes this fucked up thing where everyone is like as a as a race as a species we're just like digging into the earth destroying the earth we become this virus that's there's billions of us <laughs> we're so successful as a species um, yeah we are but we we <laughs> can't really get our shit together Like how you say, like if you look in individually, your individual world, you can access that purity that when you're a kid, that's there to access. And you do have moments of that. But when you do look out the window, like there's a lot of pointless scurrying around. Yeah, we're like, we're ants. Pointless busybodying. Yeah. And that 
uh, yeah. uh, we're capable of greatness. Like we're capable of really, really uh, s- strange and difficult to explain things on a personal level in terms of like that inner world, like the depth of the inner world that you feel. And then that's why creativity is awesome because it's, you draw on that and you try and make it external. And that's like, we're kind of magical that way, but the world uh, is uh, not, (laughs) we don't live in a world where those things are celebrated as much. It's a much different world from that. What's a better way that I could explain that? Like if you were watching ants, scurry around and there was some ants kind of off to the side and there was like a white or it looked interesting. They were in some weird formation and there was an ant in the middle and they were building like this cool design somehow. You'd be really interested in what they were doing and what they were trying to say. They were, they would try and they would be trying to make sense of the experience of being a scurrying around ant. And there's something important about that. They're not, they can't do that, but humans can do that on a really, really big level, like yeah. make sense of the insanity. And I think that's where there's, there's a lot of, uh, unexplained magic in that area of being a human, but the way that the world works, that's more, it's like 95% scurrying around or I'm just throwing out random percentages, but a lot of life is about scurrying around and working really hard. And I mean, you can get lots of shit done that's creative, but uh, you, I understand why people either drop out of society and do their own thing or become really religious. I, I can see like it would be easier to draw in that pure place and not scurry around, but it's a big sacrifice because it's fun to scurry around. Yeah. You build memories and you have lots of unique experiences. I don't know if that made any sense. No, but it is interesting that the ants analogy is really interesting because they're always just scurrying around. They're just like carrying a little stick or something really determined to do something with their stick. Like ants are insanely hardworking and they're very successful as a species and there's a lot of animals that do really interesting things, but you wouldn't see them. You wouldn't see an ant like uh, painting a picture or putting the sticks in a formation that made a, a pattern. That's something that's unique to humans. Like we're the only species that do things that are not. Uh, they're not just like build build a house or just like. Uh, get food you know like yeah and that's important but what that's so it's got to be more important than just one it's to it's like glimpses of the soul i always say right you're like catching a little glimpse of that pure place like whether it's like the inner child but there's got to be something more important to creativity there's got to be a reason that we're the only people on the planet like I don't know, dogs, animals can't make sense of their experience through creativity. So, I mean, there's got to be, if everyone, I I mean, I guess that's what, why the hippie new age shit is so popular. There is that idea of like, if everyone did work together, some crazy shit could probably happen. But who knows? Like, what is the function of make, why were we designed 
to make sense of our experience, that intelligence. Yeah. Do we not know yet? No. We probably never know. But I think the, the that thing about about being in that creative place and making something is we're almost communicating with something higher than us. I fully believe that. It's like when you're genuinely in flow and, and your your whole brain just shuts off and you just become exactly what you're doing and it just flows through you. I think you're just becoming a, a conductor of something. Of, shout out to our sponsor. Yeah. Huge shout out. Nothing. Yeah. You already, you, yeah, you shouted out the sponsor actually when you were talking about the isolation tank. You're, I think yeah. you're onto something that, uh, I think we even get mixed up trying to articulate what that feeling of flow is. And I guess maybe that's why that it's more important to feel that than actually have a, a final product of anything. Yeah. It's more it's like, like flow and the experience of making it is that's like the, the that's spirit. everything. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the goal. That's like the thing. Yeah. That's, that's gotta goal, be is, like, is just being able to get there and, and you're in no place to judge what comes out of it or, or, or whether it was successful or not. All you can do is just try to get into that place as often as you can. And that's – wouldn't that be like how religions came about? Someone just translated a crazy experience really well and was able to tell other people about it or write it in a book. Probably and then yeah. other people just really got into it. <laughs> yeah. So isn't that in some way like – how you hear that the Jason Silva quote that everyone's a god right now? It's kind of true in some ways. It's totally true. Well, I, it, I, yeah, it is true. I guess that God is in everyone, or whatever name you want to call it. But that there is people that uh, were really good at making sense of their experience at a time where there weren't a lot of technologies or mediums to use, yeah. and that we just have so many. So I guess a lot of it is trying to like. Uh, find the voice in the madness. It's a very complex time to try and keep tabs on your the fucking. We've talked about this before, but like how overwhelming it is for the way our bodies and minds are designed to try and like adjust <laughs> to experiencing life. Yeah. In this day and age, well, like we're not designed to take in this much stuff. We're just adjusting to it. Well, we are still, we're just animals, right? Yeah. But somehow we find ourselves in this insane world where we can, like, communicate and and interact with computers and fly. Where are you going to uh, be? Oh, go ahead. Inter- and fly, interact with computers text messages and and deal with change at such a rapid pace that is unprecedented like no one's had to deal with things changing like we do like people would be born on a farm they would work on the farm they would die on the farm and that would be their life <laughs> and now <laughs> that would now it things, be pretty good that it would be very I, easy it would be a very easy and calm and it would be you would learn to deal with it and that would be that you would be adjusted and you might be, you might 
feel some boredom and stuff, but I think it would be pretty light because you wouldn't compare your situation to like we we are stuck with the situation of comparing our lives to thousands of other lives because we can see thousands of other people's lives and what so many other people are doing the guy on the farm he didn't he would maybe maybe an uncle from another farm would make the journey and tell his story about what his life is like and maybe he would once in his life compare what he's doing to what his uncle is doing but most likely what his uncle is doing would be very similar to what he would be doing because they'd both be on farms and they, he wouldn't have that sense of like maybe I should move to the big city and pursue a career as, as an actor <laughs> like it, the thought <sighs> wouldn't even like cross his mind like he wouldn't even know what an actor was or like you know like I think it would be very easy to be content because you wouldn't compare yourself to like to other things and there wouldn't be a lot of possibilities so you would just go to work and eat your food and go to sleep and it'd be so simple fuck that that was why Star Wars was so awesome that's why people love Star Wars because he worked on a farm in that movie in the first one Luke Skywalker and then just randomly there's these droids that come down and get captured and then there's a special message hidden inside one of the droids and it's help me Obi-Wan Kenobi you're my only hope and then there's that one of my favorite scenes like music and image of all time is when he like steps out onto the farm and it's that the Star Wars theme like na 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 He's watching the sunset, and it's like he was the farm kid that wants to do something more, but he doesn't know what it is. And then, and then it, and then it falls in his lap, and then he goes finds the old Jedi master in the cave. Like, then shit gets real. Then he goes on a huge journey. So that hero's journey shit is so awesome. It just fits yeah. that like every uh, religious text and like most movies lots of stories like how it's just all that same thing someone like wants to bust out of their situation and then they make a crazy uh or they refuse the that refusal of the call they don't want to go and then they do go and then their life changes that i loved that thing um on the duncan trussell that ari podcast that he was talking about the butterfly feeling that you get that fluttering yeah uh before you make a big decision and it it's when you know you're about to do something important you get that like really fucking nervous feeling that it's it's good to feel that yeah it means you're on the verge of something yeah if you worked at a farm though i mean if you're not luke skywalker and you worked at a farm what could your chances have been for a hero's journey? Well, it, I guess it's just... like the extent of your, you would still feel a journey. It would just be on such a small level. Like your, your, the butterfly fluttering would just be like the first time that you talk to the woman or the first time that you make a move on your wife and then you make her your wife, like little things like that, that yeah. would be like the extent of the like pursuing something. And it would almost, you would have such like a, 
such an intense experience with doing that that you would be so satisfied in just like having that wife and making children with her like that would be like your entire that would be everything to you right this is where it gets interesting though because r2d2 comes in not in not in this story of the guy with the wife but he comes in and projects an image of something that represents something out there right so like let's just say this guy makes a move on his wife and gets married and then his like cousin or something comes to visit him at the farm and shows him like his first comic book or plays him a record of a band that he's never heard of and it's people drawing on that creativity thing we were talking about right drawing on making sense of their experience it inspires other people and changes their lives like people get little pieces of pop culture and creativity that fucking change the entire course of their life and it's like that sometimes the hero's quest, like the call to a journey, would have been, you know, uh, the first skate video that I saw. It's so crazy. That's like my own form of R2-D2 beaming Princess Leia. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, <"Let's, laughs> do you want to do this shit? Like, it's that's so weird to think about a lot of the things that people are influenced by, like, inspiration-wise. A lot of stuff is, it's like a... It's like music or a movie or something that they see. It's funny, though, because, like, nowadays, it's almost like we live in a world where there's, like, a thousand R2-D2s a day that are showing us visions, and most of them are really shitty, and they're not really good, and and, and most of them are just, like, McDonald's trying to get us to go in and get get a burger. Like, they're stupid advertisements for shit, but there's thousands of them, and... Yeah, what has our, that? Our, yeah, that's our our journey or our challenge in all this is to to filter out the meaningful ones and to filter out the like, okay, this vision is the one that means something. But most of us get caught up in the shit visions and then we end up following some shit that doesn't actually mean anything or we miss we get so cynical about all of the messages that we miss the one that's real because we're seeing like a thousand a day and we're so numb to everything that the the one that means something comes along and we discard it we we're so, it doesn't mean anything to us because nothing means anything to us because we're just judging all of it as bullshit oh that's dangerous that i think to a lot of us that's so dangerous the uh, I think the 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 messages that'll pop through are it's so hard to make sense of this experience that it's hard to make stuff that makes sense of the experience. If that, I gotta say that again. It's so hard to make sense of this experience, right? That to create stuff that makes sense of it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Did that make any sense? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> it, it, it's it's harder to because we take on we take in so many R two D twos. Yeah. You should make things that reflect the idea that you're looking at all of those R two D twos, and it just busts through all of the other. I guess you wouldn't even be looking for an R two D two projection anymore. You'd be looking for something entirely new. Yeah. 
Well, it's almost like if you if you were the guy on the farm and you had lived 40 years with very little stimulation and no R2-D2s, and then one came along and, and you were just you were in awe of, say it was a painting, and you saw this beautiful work of art and you were just so inspired, and then at that same moment, someone was like, yeah, he, he made this with a, a canvas and some paints, and this is what a, this is paint, and this is a canvas. You could do the same thing if you wanted, and then they left you that canvas and the paint all in that moment. As as someone who just witnessed something so intense and and probably like from that day forward, there wouldn't be another painting that you could could look at unless you created one. You would be in such a in such a pure place and such an undistracted place, and and you wouldn't be taking influence from all sorts of different things. I mean, you had seen that one painting, but from that point, you could probably create something that was really, really awesome, and and, and you could get into a, a pure place of creative, creative flow. But nowadays, we have all of the tools. We have, like, every color of paint, every every camera, every every creative tool and and we are subjected to every different we we listen to so much music we see so much movies we see so many paintings so many advertisements so many visions so many r2d2s just thousands a day um it can be very distracting and very hard to to have your own vision and your own focus and get into a pure creative place um fuck I think you're getting to a point where does it just come down to uh, being in touch with your inner child that like that first that just that feeling of like creating your first something. Yeah, it's that it's that pure feeling and then and then protecting it. And there's there's so much that wants you to distract you from it and so much that wants to cloud what you're doing and and the world wants to tell you oh joey don't don't make skate videos that's stupid go make a movie or go make wedding films or go go make money go do something practical in fact stop editing at all and go be a plumber the world constantly just wants to well unless you're really lucky and you're just like encouraged from a young age and you're very talented and you're a singer and you're britney spears unless you're that one in a billion person that people actually encourage you to to follow your your heart or your path or whatever for most people they have to fight to 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 hold on to that inner child you have to protect it with everything because so many influences don't want you to do it it's very difficult even in within yourself your own desire for fame and comfort and money and to live in a nice house you start to think well why would i make skate videos that's not going to make me any money that's not going to get me the big gang of bitches and coke that i want (laughs) you get get distracted by all that bullshit even yourself even the little kid inside you just gets shoved to the corner and it's like you're stupid why do you want to make skate videos but you get so much joy from that or and 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 the potent in the 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 awesome place where your life could go if you follow that even if 
you suffer for a long time, even if you suffer till the end, even if you suffer for it, at least you're you're doing you're going to be happy because you're doing that thing that you love to do. And then oh yeah, and in even like you're going to be such a healthier person or even if you're an unhealthy person because you're fucking crazy because you all you think about is doing this thing um what's better than that just giving it up and being a sane person who's just living in a a days of like comfort and mild depression and it's always better to go for it even if you die and suffer there's, there's no structures in place there are, there's not a lot of structures in place that support uh, an overgrown man that's really in in touch with his inner child. There's uh, film directing. There's stand-up comedy. <laughs> there's uh, what other ones? Like big kids. What what are like? Um. I guess you could be in touch with your inner child in any teacher. You could be a teacher. You can be a big kid and be a good teacher. Yeah. But I think, isn't that, wouldn't you think that's the secret? Didn't the great philosopher Jay Zed say, treat everything like it's your first project? I think just, just, just if you can get, if you can, if you're motivated to to do whatever if you're just inspired and motivated and um like getting into that flow whatever the flow is like communicating with the other with with a pure intention and 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 then gaining from the other and them giving and you getting and you giving it's uh it it's never it's an, it's never like permanent it's always temporary you're always going to be searching and you always have to keep working and fighting for it it's not like you get there and it's like ah oh, i'm here i can breathe oh yeah it's constant no challenge and it's being okay with that constant challenge and the constant change and the constant uncertainty and and being willing to it comes and it goes and you have kinks but if you can still if you still care about getting there and you're still willing to suffer to get there then it doesn't matter success or failure that doesn't matter it's just about like it's just uh there there is no there is no there is no goal. I care deeply. I care very deeply. What do you care about? Um, drawing on that place and, and putting out little pieces of it. Drawing on the uh, pure creative place. Um not taking things too seriously is really important. Uh, drawing on the place that, yeah, if you had the, if you had seen a painting, right, 
And then they were like, yeah, here's the canvas, here's the paints. And you hadn't seen many other paintings, but you had an idea of what you wanted to make for a painting. That's what I care about. What do you, like, oh shit, I can make a painting? It's like, oh, what would I want to paint? What's some shit that I want to paint? Yeah, that's pretty pretty much it. That's what I care about a lot. Well, that's a good... You're uh, starting to break out. Oh, okay. That's probably a good point to end it on. Okay. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Always. Well, Well, good luck. Yeah, I am. I'm feeling pretty good. In fact, I might go skating tomorrow if it's not pissing rain. I'm not sure. Do it. Do it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, stay well. We're happy to. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Peace.